0: Um, uh, we're on the cusp of breaking news here. Why you just sent out the following email moments ago, we have unfortunately confirmed that our student has tested positive for co- COVID-19, and our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family, as well as all those affected. We are taking every precaution by canceling all classes on the Wolf campus in Washington Heights for Wednesday, March 4th, 2020. This includes all in-person graduate courses on that campus, as well as the boys' high school
1: That's all
0: Why
2: you? Why you? That's
0: all Where is this? So you just sent this out. It's today. No, he
2: says, where is this? Why you? Yeshiva Yeshiva. University. Oh, why you? I thought you said, Uh, why me?
0: (laughs) (laughs) This precautionary step will allow us to work with city agencies and other professionals to best prepare our campus and ensure the uncompromised safety of our students, faculty, and staff. All classes and operations at our other campuses continue as normal.
3: Where do they say that it's too late because it's already been compromised?
0: What this means for students on the Wilf campus, dormitories and food services will remain open for
1: students
0: (laughs) who stay on campus. Offices of Student Life and Residence Life are available to help if students have concerns or need additional support. Students who have been quarantined or in self-quarantine will be monitored by our health center along with guidance from city agencies, and we will provide them with food. Midterms will be postponed for the day. Our counseling center is available for students who would like additional support. Faculty and staff on the Wolf Campus, all essential staff should report to work. All non-essential staff may work remotely. And I know universities have, non- have essential staff. Please let your supervisors know your plans. Please communicate with your students regarding any midterm exams. As new information emerges, the YU administration faculty will share with you. Please reserve a for guidance. Okay. Um, you say
3: that in fact, if you are in the dormitories and you try to leave, we'll shoot you. No. Um, that is North um,
2: Vietnam. I heard. Hmm? North Vietnam. North Korea. Uh, no no coronavirus. Yeah, no, I'm sure they killed him. No, this not is America. the YU
3: faculty
1: that's putting this out. Yes. They, uh, was
2: North Korea that they will shoot you. They shoot you if you've got the uh, corona. They don't have any. Unfortunately, they
3: they don't don't have any. So, because they said so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. Like Loran
0: didn't have any games. There's two other. no, 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 no. It's
2: North I, I might be wrong, but I'm <laughs> just. To, I'm
0: sure they will shoot you. Yeah. 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 Well, like not this. But God forbid. Okay, so, um, so there's. So let's not argue about North Korea. here. There's a lot of things we could argue about, but not about this Korea.
1: So anyway, so there's three,
0: we're, we're currently four right. uh, Jewish day schools closed today in New York because of um, the. Uh, nervousness of coronavirus. you well, campus, as we saw, the main campus is closed, and a shul, there's one shul, the young Israel of New Rochelle, which is completely cancelled everything until Sunday morning. Um, because there, but what happened was, it seems like there was one one attorney, um, it's always the attorneys, who came, traveled from Miami, who...
1: He came, was in Israel before that.
0: He was in Israel before that. He was oh, in he Miami. Now he's... He came to a bar mitzvah in... Is shul in New Rochelle and Shabbos. In where? New Rochelle, New York.
2: That's um, where you... you, you sh-
0: okay, go ahead. shul in New Rochelle called the Young Israel of New Rochelle, Rabbi Fink, and uh, he's now confirmed coronavirus case, okay. um, the second case in New York State, and his son is now, today, this morning, was confirmed, also has it, who's a student at YU. So all the... the is that... Is, is that his son,
2: the one yes. that you were talking about? son, the son. The father got it, first, so and and son Florida, got it first, and no, went well to Florida, Florida, and then there. No, he's real Florida. The son now has it, and walks he's a
0: student at YU. Is so is now also. YU is closed today to, to, uh, how's so it done? Okay. <laughs> and, uh, all well, the kids who are at the Barabat Mitzvah, are now saying that so those, all those schools that had kids at that bar mitzvah mm-hmm. on Shabbos now closed the school out of precaution and are hosing down the school canceled plane? their
2: midterms. I, I um, hear you, Rabbi, but we've got a problem with a plane from Israel to Florida. We've got know, a situation fun. in Florida. We've got a problem with a plane from Florida to New York. Yep. And and yeah, And places
1: in between. Of course. You know, you're talking about a half a uh, dozen cases of coronavirus. We have six
0: thousand cases of the flu. Thirty-five thousand people died from flu season so far in the United States. Thirty-five thousand people.
3: The mortality from coronavirus looks like it's about three percent, and it's just started. Yeah.
0: And it's going down, actually. It's going, it's going up. going up? You say it's going down. Deep, but yeah. It's the the just going down. Mortality. There's a new study out this morning. Point out the
3: the point point that, uh, 0.1 percent. one percent. infection two. rate.
2: Yeah. No.
0: For mortality? Yeah. No. 0.1 no, no, percent. 0.1? 0.1. Okay. Are you getting information from Mike Pence? Where are you getting information?
3: I'm getting my information from the Centers for Disease Control. The one guy that's left that hasn't been fired because of...
2: Okay. Okay, that is much facts. lower than I thought. Okay. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come yeah. on. Look
0: I up all Okay, we're not we're not how discussing facts in this class. We many we don't discuss facts <laughs> in this <laughs> class. <laughs> we discuss terms.
2: We're sure not good on facts here. It's true.
0: Okay, we're not we don't discuss facts here. Um, the only
2: yeah. thing, other than going, we don't know how many actually have it, so our denominator has not been well defined. Yeah, but it, as it gets better defined, it looks like the mortality is about three percent, and it'll probably go down no, when the our deaths. denominator I goes the up. Flu is up. Uh, I um, think it is point one percent. The flu? No.
0: But the infection rate, meaning of coming in contact, is actually much higher with flu than in Colombia, uh, From what they know so far.
2: I think they're about the same.
0: Just infectious disease. Right. I just listened to a I'm infectious I'm disease still, actor, and there's I'm actually I'm a, a study that came out this morning. People, yeah. there's, there's a study that came out this morning. No, stop it. Printed stop. this morning. Okay. Um, so why is it
3: so much worse
0: than regular? I said it's sure. so much worse. People, uh, there's, there's yeah. panic in the streets. It's a
2: different virus, but is it much worse? Probably. Yes. Oh, okay. I don't
3: know. Yeah, a specific. Uh, uh, things that
1: attach to lung tissue specifically rather than just back of the throat and stuff, apparently. Yeah, in the lung. In, in the lower regions of the lung. Okay, region.
0: so I'd like to discuss a uh, continual discussion from last week. Okay. Very relevant to this week, maybe even connected to Purim somehow. It's all connected. Um, so no forum so in New York. So they're canceling no. Purim this no, year. No, no. So I, I just heard, so we're going to talk about that a little, but I just actually heard a quick session from, uh, there was a conference call last night for rabbis um, from Dr. Aaron Glatt, who spoke for us once. Um, He is an infectious disease specialist in New York, who happens to also be a rabbi. Sorry to go back on one little
2: question. How much uh, coronavirus is there in Israel?
1: Lots. Is it? Yeah, they brought back people from uh, the cruise ship to Israel. That was
0: two people, two people confirmed. From the cruise ship, only two that. people were confirmed in Israel oh, from uh, the cruise ship. No, no. Yeah, from the cruise ship, no, they it? quarantined. Everyone, yeah. twelve people were on the cruise ship. Two were confirmed cases. Um, yeah, yeah, you're on
3: that too. So.
0: Um, they're saying that's why BB won because the they haven't yet counted. The, they had voting for people like <laughs> coronavirus, and then no one wants to touch them. If they open those envelopes, they say uh might win. <laughs> So they're now letting them open the envelopes, to quarantine so the quarantine envelopes. That was
2: envelope. like that uh, white powder that they were sending around. Uh, Remember that uh, a few years ago? Yeah. It killed okay. People. I so, they wore ice.
0: so we 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 discussed last week some of the history, some of the halachic implications, and I'd like to continue with that. Specifically, what uh, you asked, maybe we'll get to today, is as a physician. Um, what risks can, should, he, should or can a physician take or can or should a physician take um, to, to treat patients. Can he risk his own life, or should he risk his own life in order to treat patients with contagion? Um, and we'll get to the question of, uh, of going to shul, et cetera. So, because this, he, um, Dr. Glatt on the way here, just listening to this conference call, he said very clearly at this point, there's no reason not to go to shul, not to uh, listen to Megillah, unless you're sick. If people are sick, should listen on the telephone to the Megillah, um, as opposed to leaving their homes. Um, but otherwise, healthy people should be continue to go to shul, send your shalchmanis, and eat your shalchmanis, and do all other things.
3: Uh, which getting drunk and dancing with the Rebbe.
0: That uh, depends if you're a female, male, if the Rebbe's male or female, that's a uh, whole different story. Um okay, so
1: depends on what you old hands or not. So the
3: Rebbe's coughing in your face doesn't matter. I don't
0: remember exactly where we left last week, but just to show you, uh, there was I think we were discussing um yeah, so we said interestingly last week and I'll show you differently today. Shh, shh many yeah, we week. said last week that the, that even in the uh in the 16th century, there are very clear seemingly opinions that say for example, Bikor Cholim is <coughs> a very similar s- question of a doctor because um, a doctor is the ultimate Bikor Cholim, is going to visit the sick to help them, the most soon, most doctors, if the guy is good health insurance um, so, so, uh, so that, that Bikur, you're exempt from the Mitzvah Bikor Cholim when it's a contagious disease that's what I said last week, although I'll show you this week it's not so clear from other sources I've seen now So, um, but but turning the page on this side with that cartoon, so um, as far as fear of contagion from the physician, first of all, we we discussed last week, we mentioned as far as baddies, because again, baddies uh, in those days, and probably in North Korea today and other places, they burned, they would burn baddies um, that had different types of infectious disease. So the question discussed here, number- After they die? Yeah, after they oh, die. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the sure. this is, again, 17th 18th century sure. Germany. How do we know? He, say, he talks about this concept that uh, they sh- that uh, mm-hmm. they would have actually a special cemetery for them, some of them, and they would, after they were buried for X amount of time, they would then allow them to be- Exhumed? I guess the words, yeah, exhumed, <coughs> and reburied. So the question is, should they do that in Jewish cemetery? Um, so he discusses that here, in this in this uh, tshuva, 17, 18, 17. Deva I'm just going to read the third paragraph. Deva during a plague. Bar minan shnas tufain gimel. Third paragraph um, on the page um, in the year Tafayin gimel, which I have no idea how to translate that into um, into English. Um ye. Or something like that. They didn't allow them to bury their bodies in cemeteries in their in the Jewish cemeteries of their ancestors. Unless they actually poured lime on them. I guess lime uh, kills the disease. That's a good thing. Okay, so they would actually pour lime on the bodies. If not, they required them not to be buried in the cemetery, but outside the city, in the forest. So which is better? The question posed was should they pour the lime on the body or bury them in the forest without the lime? And I don't have the answer. So the, the,
2: we're talking about... Uh, bodies that
0: have contagion during pandemic times, yes. Yes, plague. It doesn't say what plague. The the question is, if a body buried six foot deep, can that
2: get out? 1713. But it's not in the George 17. Plague? Look know, up what plague
0: now? What plague was in 1713? I think it was uh, the sure. cholera or black plague?
2: It wasn't in the
0: United Why was there a black death? 1713.
2: Look of up what plague. Well, it Talking about parenting. whether it could or couldn't doesn't matter. I, I, I know it's moot. It was but the, the premise of the decree. Listen, I'm questioning the premise of the
0: decree. Great Northern War plague. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm so, what is that, So some this uh, Ron has <laughs> Ron has looked has uh, done <laughs> the research for <Ron>. us <laughs> and uh, extensive Google research and and this is, this is this response was written in the year seventeen thirteen, um, which she says was called the Great Northern War plague. plague. Um,
2: it was from seventeen hundred to seventeen twenty one. And this tshuva was written in 1720, 17 something. 1713.
1: So it was the plague.
2: I'm not sure what the organism was. <laughs> right. I wasn't there.
0: So then in the next two, we also discussed a similar question, like I s- said about exhuming a body in order to ba- rebury them in a Jewish um, cemetery. Um, so, just to show you the, the ramifications, the halachic ramifications, obviously, of pandemics and plagues is very serious, um, and, and now we're going to get to the next part, which I want to focus on here. Well, if you could,
3: yes. If you could bury them in the forest, why couldn't you bury them in the Jewish cemetery?
0: No, again, because the CDC at the time, the bolt, uh, you know, whoever it was, did not allow it to be buried without pouring lime on, on the bodies which would He's giving you the same
3: water. Water. So, so you'd have this when you bury them in the forest you'd have to sneak them out and bury him in the forest so the authorities wouldn't see um, of course
0: it's probably no no they, that was the choice they gave you either bury them outside the city where there's no issue of contagion. Yeah. Well, if you're burying in the city, then you have to first pour lime what on the body the, the prior to burial.
1: The schlepping the bodies <laughs> yes, into yeah. the forest and came back into this city. Mm-hmm. the city. It's
0: interesting. The percentage
2: was. of death here was varied in places, but close to 50 percent. From whatever it was. Whatever yeah. it was, once no. you contracted it, yeah, that
0: in that specific
2: disease, in this particular okay. wave of the plague, uh-huh. yeah. Of the you plague, yeah. Oh, oh, you're right, yeah, yeah, a lot of, like. of things were called the plague and we don't really know what they were. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Whatever it was, it, was the, yeah, it wasn't... It wasn't good. It was worse than coronavirus.
2: Oh, <laughs> 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 it could have been a flu epidemic.
0: Yeah. Okay, so, mm-hmm. so... By the way, there is another shuva which we discussed in yeah, 2014. It's gone. Which was a shuva posed to Pelagi. This is a shuva, it's like a 20-page chuva, so I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but it was posed... I'll just read you the question. Here. Well, uh, uh, yeah. Nishalti Bimei So um, he's, he's a Chaim Pelagi who lived in, um, uh, let me have a date for some. He was a, uh, he lived in Iraq, I believe, And uh, years.
3: Not in Iraq, in Iraq.
0: Uh, in Iraq. In Iraq, um, yeah. uh, Iraq. No. So Iraq, Iraq. In Iraq and another place.
3: Iraq. Iraq.
0: Somewhere. We <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. oh. discussed this in 2014 during Ebola, I mentioned this, if you remember. Um, but course. he, um, I can't find the dates, thought I had it there. So he discussed, uh, he lived in Rukhaim Pelagi in 1788 to 1868, in actually in Izmir, Turkey. Sorry, mistake, mistake, he lived in Izmir, Turkey, what are you showing yeah. <laughs> oh, you have it? It's on the page? Yeah. Okay, it was asked during an epidemic in the city of Izmir, Turkey, about a doctor who had been working with many infected patients who wanted to come David and shul with the minion and the congregation didn't want to let him in. So, usually like doctors, but in this case they didn't want the doctor coming in. So this is the tshuva. I'll just read you quickly the questionnaire that was posed by very, this is the original uh, handwriting. It looks like it's very hard to read. I'm going to try my best. I was asked in the Days of my youth, mik Mikadmone biyachid be saknes, certain shul echatophechal, there was a healer of of ill people, Bizman Magaifa La Olenu in the times of the pandemic that should not come upon us. Holy Hayerophe Linigafim Magaifa, he was the infectious disease doctor who was dealing with all these patients. Um that had this illness. Um the who wrote he wants to come into the shul, and David. Anyone else? And In the, the individuals or the the board has voted against him. Oh, he's never trust the board members? What?
1: Oh, Oh you have a better you
0: have a better print. Okay. Um, he says and they these individuals want to stop him from entering the shul. Chainirayim Kama Naga. What? Shemach. You get the same paper you have.
3: Shemach. Better, better version. He says,
0: "Um, my um, yiruf was government gave for. He wrote, 'The loving the kindness be taken on the fourth paragraph here, on the page. He want they want to enter the he wants to enter the shul. They chide the maqvim biyado, and there are individuals in the shul who are claiming we don't want them coming in. Shalom likones shem a They might infect them when he touches them or if he double dips at the Kiddush, which is a terrible thing then that happens. Right? When people double dip at the Kiddush, I remember there was a story where uh, I'm not going to s- mention don't Shuls don't or don't names. There was a rabbi, the, the the people weren't happy with the rabbi, for <laughs> whatever reason, and they brought in an outside consultant. Yes. Um, to. To this is a true story <laughs> in Houston a long time ago, they brought an outside consultant to deal with it. And uh, he so met. Are you saying the,
2: the rabbi was doubled? Div- no, no.
0: So he met individually with this, this consultant. I, afterwards, I spoke to him and I asked him some of the issues that came up with the rabbi. And uh, he told me, so he said that he met with every mm-hmm. every congregant in the show at the time. And, uh, and he said one of the main complaints he got that one, one lady just showed me how crazy people are. That uh, one woman, he said I think it's two people spoke to him, and she. the main complaint against the rabbi was people double dip at the kiddush. I mean, she's told him many times to say something, he's never said anything about it. People, you know, they take a the chip, they dip into the sauce. Yes, yes, and then they And then they bite it and they dip again. Right? And you see? And you the think rabbi's that? doing nothing about it.
2: Oh, the, the fact oh. that they do nothing oh, about really it. it. Really that the is.
0: rabbi's it's doing sorry. nothing about it. We you, what you, you are,
2: you're not saying that the people who were complaining were crazy? No, no, no. I I complained about that. I would complain about 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 the
1: lack of cleanliness in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and and how people ate. And he cleaned up the act of the shul. Still has a job.
0: (laughs) So, so this this is a terrible thing. thing. Terrible thing. So, um, double dipping, especially in today's village. So he says. Yeah. Um, so he goes on to say, the rest is not on your paper. I'm going to try to read it from here. So he says, um, uh, so they're concerned about contagion from this doctor who is who treated people with the with whatever it was. I understand um, I have rights like anyone else. I pay my dues. Yidcha Mechitza. The question is, they said we're going to put him behind the Mechitza, they're going to make him <laughs> make Mechitza in the Shul of Baal love that he shouldn't uh, come close to anyone. Yasuve Terim. wrote some They don't want to do that, actually. He's suggesting, okay, so I'll, uh, give me a cubicle in the Shul. And they don't want to do that. What's amazing, Judaism has not changed. We see the traditions of Judaism and the complaints are all the same. 17th century, 16th century. Nothing changes in Judaism. They're saying even with the he has to come in first and he should leave for last. He can't uh, go in when the crowds are coming. He shouldn't come to the Kiddush. Um, can they prevent this doctor from coming to Shul? So he starts off saying. That the right is with these individual Kyrgyz who are, have an issue with his doctor coming to Shul. He says they're in the right, Um, if they could prevent him and And he brings various proofs. So, as like I said, it's a long, very long Shuvah. Um, didn't go through the whole thing yet. It's very hard to read. If anyone wants to do the research for us and translate it, I'd be very happy. But more or less, he agrees that the onus is on the physician to prevent other people from catching the disease. Um, and therefore, he, he should not be going to public places when there's a better chance that he is a carrier of this specific virus.
3: On the other hand, um, if anybody so needs
0: to be praying, the yes, we're not with pray. infectious diseases? No, we're not saying he shouldn't pray. Of course he should pray. What we're saying is, the question is, can the shul prevent him from coming into the shul? Um, and that he is ruling in this case um, in Izmir, Turkey, which by the way has a very high cases of the disease, Turkey too, um, um, today, so, so he pre- he says that they're, they're in the right for prevention. It's a very important thing which I think is going to come up um, in, in, in a shul near you at some point in the future. Okay, so that's another thing. So now let's get uh, Let's focus a little, I would like to focus a little uh, on the famous question, which is, we've discussed it many times at nausea, but I want to specifically discuss it in this context, um, of the question of risk-taking, because as, as a physician, you are coming in contact with these patients, um, and, and uh, the question is, should I be treating patients? Or should I say, do I have a right to say, as a physician, I don't? Anyone who's uh, or you know, it's meaning even if it's not coronavirus, but someone's sick, you don't know what he has. They're coming to your office to have fever, so you are obviously um, presenting yourself in a certain level of risk more than your average person as a physician. Okay, whatever type of physician you are, um, you're in contact with a patient, especially if you're an infectious disease physician. So how does that work? And normally, as we discussed many times, you're not allowed to place place yourself at risk. I'm um, a regular person. So how does that work as a physician? Um, should I be, sh- can I even, halachically be allowed to treat patients where they are known to have this? Is this what, do I have to take specific precautions? and um, Or am I allowed to do it as a voluntary? So these are the questions I'd like to address. somebody
3: yeah. has got it. Just, if it's it's not true. You, but it you, doesn't have to be me.
0: Okay, that's his problem. Right. Qu- the question is me as a halachic observing physician, what do I do? How do I deal with it? Okay, so the f- so the first response from here on the sheet, if you look here on the bottom of the sheet next to the cartoon, um, it says, uh, CPR, I don't know what it says, CPR, I'm not talking about CPR per se, but whatever it is, endangering yourself, I, is a healthcare worker different than anyone else? So generally speaking, um, and we're not going to go through the whole thing again, but we've discussed many times, there is a cancer. Um, as we know, is a Biblical obligation to save someone's life. Okay, now what happens if that obligation or that rescue mission jeopardizes my life, which many times it could. So who knows if you're driving down the bayou, you don't know how to swim, you jump in to save someone, or I'm a little, uh, you know, I'm not going to say exactly my weight, but let's say under 150 pound Little guy, and the guy drowning uh, is, uh, is a is uh, a obese person who's probably going to pull me under. Okay, and uh, so do I jump in to save him, where he's there's a good chance he's gonna he, I'm going to drown with him if I try to save. Him. Okay, so so Allah is generally speaking the famous thing we spoke about many times is the is the original source was the Chuvas um Tavfurs Chavzay, and he lived again in I don't know exactly 18 somewhere in the 1800s. 1700s, I'm not sure. he says, so he says, I'm just going to quote from the troop here, my so he's the most extreme view um, to prohibit this. He says, my Suffolk no if it's the, the chances are almost sure that there's a real serious danger in trying to rescue this person. Lim you're not obligated to give, give yourself over to go and try to rescue that person. to save your friend, Muhra. Um, even if it's a 50-50 chance I don't have to give meaning a 50-50 chance where my life will be in danger his life is clearly in danger okay obviously guy's drowning the question is if I jump in there's a 50-50 chance that I might drown with him okay he quotes the famous uh, statement in the Gemara why is your blood redder than his blood okay or his blood redder than your blood meaning we have a general which is you have to take care of your own life your own life takes precedence over someone else's life. So, who's better? Whose life is more important? I can't judge, and therefore be passive. Okay, since you can never judge whose life is more valuable, we have no right to make that judgment call, except if you're a rabbi. Um, um, so, so uh, therefore, don't don't do anything. Be passive. myself Mm-hmm. But if there's only a small percent chance of danger, which in almost every case of, let's say, a physician treating a patient, there's always some form of danger, right? You stick yourself with the needle afterwards, right? So whatever the case is. So, so mm-hmm. therefore, he says, if it's only a small suffix, um, that you won't be put in danger. And you don't go and say, of course, you violated the obligation the, the to rescue. Anirala after he says, "I am writing according to my own humble opinion." But he ends off saying, "By the way, which is a very extreme um halacha." The Ridvaz the ends up stating in this tshuva, it's not here, it's not quoted here, but he says, "Anyone who does risk their life, um, meaning clear risk to their life, to save someone else," he says, first of all, not, not only you're not obligated, you're what he calls a chasid shoteh, you're a pious fool, you're an idiot for going and, and being a hero." At the expense of your own life, don't don't choose and be. We don't like being such heroes.
2: Was there a plague at the time, or was there some? No, pandemic? the case
0: here was actually the case he's
2: discussing. 1467. Oh, okay. So I was just curious.
0: So the pl- the case here was a fascinating case where uh, basically someone was uh, was arrested by the unjust government at the time, and I don't know where where and uh, basically the person who the kid who had Holding, holding this person hostage. Said either we're going to kill this person or else we won't kill him if you and it was the rabbi or someone else comes in and we allow allow us to cut off your limb to amputate. Uh, we'll take off one limb instead for this guy's life. So the question was: Is he obligated to do that? Should I save this person's life by losing a limb? Um, that was the, the case that I'm actually is discussing um, the original question that was posed to him, and uh, he rules no don't do it, you're an idiot if you do it. Those Uh, days, losing a limb was more or less...
1: The death. death. Almost. uh, uh, But that that begs the question. Uh, During uh, the... What is it? In uh, Russia, when they had the nuclear meltdown, people went in, you know, to do a job, knowing that they were probably going to die as a result, and many did die. Uh, But the benefit was tremendous. I mean, they capped the... the right,
0: thing. so... Uh, Not Jewish
1: people. Well, <laughs> you don't know. There were a lot of, in that area, around Mughalism, there were a lot of Jews. No, they all you, live in uh, the States, all the Mogul Jews. No, no, there's still a lot left there.
0: So, okay. so again, so, so there's, yeah, so we'll get, we'll get to that, that's meaning that's a very important point, which is the risk versus benefit analysis, which is let's say, and we'll get to that answer, someone does say what you're saying is, which is, if I'm saving the whole community, that might be different. If I'm saving society as opposed to individual, so that this might not be applicable, which is a very good point. That case, you know, the nuclear fallout could have destroyed half of Europe, maybe, if they wouldn't have contained it properly. So we'll get to, that's a very good point, and that, by the way, is the connection to Purim, just uh, because one of the proofs they bring is from Esther. Esther endangered her life she risked her life how was she allowed to do that by going into the king by going in without permission uh, you know whatever the case was I remember from my from my elementary uh, school All right, I'm saying she didn't you know she just walked into Put the king that. without permission she could have lost her life etc etc so they discussed the some of the postkin there discuss how what right did Esther have a right to have uh, logically to do that to risk her own life so with the answer they give which is very important. So I'm happy to bring it up, it's just to connect the of is that uh, is saving a community has different guidelines than saving an individual. So I can't risk my life to save a guy drowning in the bay. That's an individual. Why? Who's to judge whose blood is redder? But and therefore be passive. Don't save. Him. Don't jump in. When you're dealing with saving society at large, so that might be different. And that's what gave Esther yeah. the right to do that. She was saving the whole Jewish people. And they discussed what's called society, meaning is it majority? But we've also had the
2: that in the yeah. army, if there's a mortar that was placed right in the middle, are you allowed to jump on it right. to protect so your entire squad? Mm-hmm. So again, and so... the answer was no, at the time. So yeah, the question according is... According to
0: advice, yes, No, no, not. so again, so army also might have different rules. but But let's assume you're right. Coming from the Vaz, um, um you're right, technically, according to this Radvaz, it would not be allowed. You're not a hero, you're a fool. Right. So we, what the Western society considers a hero, Allah considers a fool. That's why I always say you have very few Jewish kids in the Secret Service mm-hmm. who's going to take the bullet for the president, I mean, no Jewish kid would do that, right, especially this president. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so... But he did
1: that th- in the, uh, the Twin Towers, I mean, the people we went in it. and... Uh,
0: and so again die. you're right uh, so does that so we'll talk, so we'll get to that again his healthcare care workers emergency workers have different threshold maybe of risk and other people that's what we're getting to in a second but but generally speaking what we're saying is this with again he's discussing a specific case and he says his principles are basically do not you have no right to risk your life to save someone else's life again individual life um, is what he's saying in this case so so um... Um, I mean, it's, it's somewhat puzzling, and many disagree with him, but he is the standard halachic uh, go-to. Generally speaking, that's the norm of halachic view. Radio says, and others, as we're going to see in a second, um, clearly disagree with this point, and they say, um, there's, first of all, there's a Yushalmi that uh, does Seem to imply that uh, you can risk your life, a story in Yushalmi, so they bring, not broad an aloha, but they, they use that as a, as, as a proof that you can risk your life to save someone else's. And those meaning and the intent of their advice, some of them try to rationalize what he, in this specific response, and he's talking about a situation where the risks are extremely serious, um, and, and also it's unlikely they'll be successful meaning I don't know exactly how they infer that from the response, and, but, meaning what is the chance of saving the person's life is also very low. So that plays into account too. Meaning if it's because you look at again, like you said, it's a risk versus benefit analysis. So if there's a chance I'm going to die with him, let's say is is sixty uh, percent or seventy percent. fifty uh, uh, when you were reading. Yeah, he says even 50%, But I'm saying the point child. is, but what are the chances of me being success- of saving his life? So that's also part of the question. Meaning if if the chance of me Saving his life is also very minimal, so obviously that's going to play a role too, and that's how they understand.
3: The person First, that's drowning is, say, a Rebbe, or somebody who's essential to the community. How does that affect you? Yeah, opinion?
0: so one. So there is, so, so let's say taking a bullet for the President that's would be right, that anyway. example. Meaning, is there, can I take the bullet for the President more than just Joe Schmo? Okay, so so that is something that someone say. What?
3: Well? depends on the president.
0: Depends on the president. But some want to say, let's president, say, we're we're we again, because I mentioned before, as Ron mentioned, act uh, wartime is different. Some want to say that assassination of a president is an act of war. It's sort of like wartime, so therefore you're allowed to take just like in war. Obviously, any going to war, you're always taking risks, right? War is risk. So some want to say, shooting the president is like an act of war. Therefore, maybe he's a higher. they interviewed
1: a lot of people who. Done Take some heroic risks,
0: and Not they do thought. it
1: out of instinct. They don't uh. say, "I'm going to do a risk benefit before I I, oh. I do it." They do it.
0: <laughs> a good point. Yes.
1: So
0: uh, okay, that's a, that's a valid point. But again, this <laughs> is usually well. The guy, by the way, in flight 93, as we know, but that wasn't <coughs> he was going to die anyway. The guy crashed the, the flight that
3: in uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, in
0: Pennsylvania. So that was an Israeli guy, of course, the guy who. Who supposedly took down the plane? We don't know exactly what happened. Depends which movie you watch, but he they crashed the plane on purpose, intentionally. It was an Israeli uh, guy. So, to, again, what does that mean? He, he was he was an instinct. He said he sp- actually had a conversation with his wife before, from his cell phone, it's from some phone I don't know, his cell phone.
2: Um, yeah. Morbid discussion the
0: just life, baby. Okay, so I, so I want to. So, so one of the ones who discuss specifically this is at Greenland, I want to go through it and, and finish at least this aspect of the topic today, is the Tzeliyaser, who discusses specifically healthcare workers in situations um, where of communicable diseases, of infectious disease. So he has a long response. America, it's quoted here, three parts um, on your page, but I'm going to read it from the original. This is again Tzeliyaser was the. Rabbi lived across the street from Sharon Tzaddik. He has approximately 19 volumes like this of response, and not all on healthcare issues, but many of them are. So, this is, um, he discussed specifically as a long response. That's so a long two pages. Uh, but, uh, I'll just read it to you uh, parts of it, the, the punchlines. lines it says, Rofe, the question is about a physician, is he obligated, or at least, is he permitted, or is he? sorry, is he obligated, or at least permitted, meaning it's, a, it's his prerogative, right? to place himself in a case of doubtful danger, you notice, interestingly enough it's, it sounds like if it's for sure danger he's and, then he'll be prohibited but doubtful danger, meaning questionable danger mm-hmm. in order to treat a patient who is afflicted with a disease, a Contagious disease, a eh? and um, similar cases. Okay, so let's see where it is. So he, he starts off, of course, quoting different. Firstly, he discusses an interesting case of the Ramah, the Ramah is a tshuva, which he did mention. The Ramah was the amendment to the Joghrach, discusses a case, and I think we, we discussed it in 2014 or somewhere along there, um, where a he, someone rented, leased an apartment to a a family, to a guy, and then he found out that the guy's wife has a contagious disease prior to them moving in. So he broke, he wanted to break the lease, and the, he writes, is he allowed to break the contract because he doesn't want someone with infectious disease moving into his house? I don't know, it could be with a shared property, it could be in those days, right, and rooms in a house, so it could be that was the case. Um, and there are basically rules, yes, that he can break the contract based on that if it wasn't disclosed that the person had infectious disease.
1: Except in New York, you've never the, the mayor would never allow that.
0: Okay, but this, actually this is probably going to come up and it's an economic issue because a lot of the airlines, I'm sure you read, El Al is basically going bankrupt because the government doesn't allow them to fly to contagious countries. Thailand, which is the number one destination for Israelis after the army. Um, the, so the, they shut down all their flights, so basically they're government just started giving them like $3 billion or something to, for them to stay open um, and many airlines now are going to be having financial difficulties based on this, so first of all the question is can airline can- cancel the contract by the way, it's also coming up, Pesach is coming up as we know there are uh, at least 160 or more that have read about uh, kosher Pes- Pes- Passover programs in hotels across the world um, that are canceling, a lot of them are in Thailand or China so um, someone in the city last year Yakov went to China last year for Pesach. That program is obviously not up and running this year. So many, many get Pesach Chinese programs can get <laughs> being canceled um, mm-hmm. because of this, and it's, people pay money, good money for this. So uh, you know, and they're losing. I mean, I'm g- they're returning their money, but it's a question of breaking contracts. So this is a very relevant. As uh, like I said, there's nothing new in halacha. This is. Everything that's happened in the past centuries um, that is discussed is happening again. So there's economic, economic, obviously uh, ramifications, also when it comes to to these questions. So he first discusses no that truva.
1: No, no rubbing eyes. No, no Use you your hands <laughs> from your face.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so now, so he, so he, he discusses again. He brings the Red Vaz, um which the riddvaz that response we just discussed. Um, so he says, um, so he, he says, okay, Vim came in again, the Rofa, I'm just going to read a little. says, as far as it concerns. again, after he brings this Rama breaking the contract, so you see that he took it seriously, contagious disease. But again, the Rofi, he says, first of all, there's a mitzvah, the Rofi is different. And he's saying, you can't necessarily bring proof because the Rofi is. First of all, performing the mitzvah of Biker Cholom as he's treating them. This is the true um, ideal situation of, and the epitome of that mitzvah for when a doctor visits a patient. He says there is a concept which is that mitzvahs protect you. If you're in the performance of a mitzvah, you're more protected. That's number one, he says. <laughs> okay? Um, so. So he says, when we and as far as the Radvaz is concerned, he says, He says, interesting thing here, um, which sounds strange to me, but he says, there's a difference between, he says, the whole Radvaz might not be applicable to a case of infectious disease. He says, why? He says, the Radvaz is talking about literally, like we said, the case was, if I, I'm going to offer myself to have my limb cut off, right, to save this person's life, that they shouldn't kill this guy. So he says when you're dealing with an actual physical danger, they, he says, that's what the Ramad's addressing. He says, when you <coughs> deal with contagious disease, that's not the same as a physical danger. Because as we know, and we mentioned last week, um, again, the, you know, as you see, infectious disease, he says, is a lot more dependent, not on necessarily a physical danger, it's more, you know, it's, it's, it's virals in the air. And therefore, he says, that's Abt Hashem could protect, as we said, you have three people on the same blanket, two people on the side get the disease, and the guy in the middle doesn't. So, he says that's more up to Hashem, and therefore, there's less of an issue of uh, putting yourself... He says that might be a reason why their advice doesn't apply to a case of infectious disease. Take it as it may. Um, He says, um, so his language in Hebrew says, it's sakana sakana muhashit, which means a actual physical danger that you can feel with your hands. Um, is cutting off a limb. In the physical danger that will cause a, uh, a real danger to your whole body. listin. or to go into a place where we know there's physical danger lurk- lurking. You're going through a bad neighborhood. That's a risk you're taking. O or to dive into deep water. So again, that's also, that's physical dangers. Naturally, in those cases, there's, there's real physical risk involved. Um, um, as opposed to, he says, he says, as opposed to infectious disease, which is more something, uh, obviously, again, it's, it's,
3: you know, cause a physical danger. If you come in contact with somebody with measles, those chances of getting measles are 90%. No,
0: what
2: more do you want? Yeah, it's very high. But it's a mitzvah. Uh, you mean if you haven't been
0: immunized? 90%? Yeah. Again, by the way, he's not saying you should expose yourself to the disease. What he's saying is, are he's talking about when the halacha discusses risks, are we only talking about physical risks, meaning in the case of a, a physician treating? That's what he's dealing with here. That's very important. So he says like this: so it's clear to me that it comes out from this principle: kosha Anytime you have a Sure sakana. not only are you not obligated to to, to enter into that danger It's prohibited for you to endanger yourself. so it's not only not, um, it's not that you're not only obligated to rescue in that case, it's prohibited to rescue where there's a vade Sakana okay and then so he goes on to say, um, so, I want to get to the punchline here. He says, So that's in general, he's talking about general populations. Now he gets into speaking about specifically when it's relevant to a physician treating. He says, So the he says, If you look at the mitzvah of a doctor, the mitzvah of Rapo you rap in the Torah, the Torah says, You shall surely heal. Included in that permission to heal that the Torah gives you is also permission where you're going to be treating infectious patients. Included in this mitzvah, the physician to heal, is included in all patients. We don't see a differentiation between, depending on what type of illness. The only, only, Torah only gave permission to heal if it's not an infectious disease. Uh, he says you don't find it. The concept is general mitzvah to heal. Okay, we don't differentiate between that permission to heal. Okay, the rofi the could, uh, could um, you lean on these akdosim, the holy people, like the Rama that mentioned and and others that uh, that that we shouldn't hold back. Healthcare workers shouldn't hold back from treating these type of patients. and you could rely on their words. And uh, don't worry about it. That's very reassuring. So
2: what does that say?
0: <laughs> no, he's just saying he, hes showing you. F- he's bringing as a source the fact that we don't find any difference when the Torah says, as we know, the Gemara fa- talks about rap rap, The Torah gives you permission to heal. He says that permission doesn't differentiate between different types of diseases. That means whatever that mitzvah is that the Torah commands us, commands you Ooh. to do. Assuming you're you're able to heal, that applies across the board. Infectious disease, not infectious Okay, that's number one. And he he says so. Therefore. You can rely on those, you know, as he brought previously two opinions that says we shouldn't, we shouldn't hold back from treating those patients just because of the risk involved. Okay, so he's going with that so far.
2: So even if it's a hundred percent no contagious, you
0: no hundred percent contagious, yeah, quite doesn't mean hundred percent you It's hundred percent you're gonna get the disease. Of course, he shouldn't treat. So he's going that. with no no. He said before you're gonna die. you don't kill yourself. Yeah, I'm saying you don't. That's clear. He said from the advice you see. If it's a bad day, 100% um, risk. chance that you're going to get disease, then don't
2: do it. But that doesn't mean you're going to die. It just means you're yeah. going to get the disease.
0: Yeah, what I'm saying is that, that's that. according to him, that knows you're placing yourself in a 100% risk situation. He said before, don't do that. What he's saying is, doesn't mean we shouldn't treat the patients. So, that's like, I saying.
2: shouldn't see any patients.
0: No. There's a 100% <laughs> chance you're going to get the disease.
2: I mean, that's a lot of people coughing.
0: Okay, sure. yeah, but I'm saying that doesn't mean there's 100%. Again, I don't know so the numbers. Where's but the number? Okay, wait. I don't know. I don't know.
2: Let's They're not going to give you a number. So let's see. When you oh, become a doctor, there's a 100% chance that you are going to get one of your patients' disease. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, but and we knew it. We know it.
0: Plus, he's going to get to that part in a second. We talked yes.
2: about that there's certain occupational risks yes. that put that yes, in a vaccine. You to, 100%. So it's a let's go. Vaccine.
0: Oh, d- Ode, actually, listen, if you take the proper it. precautions, hopefully you won't get it. He says another thing that entered my mind. That is the norm of the world. Um, and uh, this is what the world does. And that rofe who recognizes um, diseases and different afflictions of, of, of humans. Magish lehem lazarah adrusa that he needs to give them their appropriate care. The molkein tavi adrul musa. I know there's some Aramaic word. Gedola bekeravacholam abrim kam yachin yachin. He's saying if if we don't have people, as someone mentioned before, treating these people with these diseases. It can come a terrible thing, not just for the ill people, but for the rest of the world. Um, since you're doing what is the norm, the normal practice, that's not called, we've had this before, when the norm is just like driving on the 610 is a lot of risk involved, it's dangerous, but since that's what the norm is, so he's saying in the medical profession, the norm is to treat such patients. So therefore, that's not considered a halachic threshold of placing yourself at risk. That's okay. Really wild. Okay, that's number two, he says. Um, he says, uh, so whatever this andromalus is, some type of illness that was going around. So, he's, so again, he's saying, as s- this is somewhat, he doesn't mention the concept here, but he's saying somewhat uh, the concept of what we spoke about in other times of, uh, what's the word? Uh that <coughs> uh, fools God guards the foolhearted, so if it 's something that 's done in normal society, again, driving no one's even though the risks of driving are probably higher than the risk of coronavirus or and even catching the flu, the risks of driving on the six ten, but we don't I, I, we don 't call that a sakana because Shomersa is what, what uh, others, other posts can say, we guard, uh, God guards the foolhardy. So this is the norm of society. We can't outlaw things that are the norm of everyday life. So being a doctor, as you're saying, this is this is what you signed up for. He's gonna get to that in a second. We went to medical school, as Manny was saying before. Manny, he's saying what you were saying that when you went to medical school, you signed up for this. This is the norm when you're in the healthcare field. This is the norm is you're gonna come into contact with these types of patients. He says um, he says he saw similarly in another responsive. Um, say about going joining up for, for the army, or other forms of rescue. Same thing, if you're becoming a police officer, you're putting your life at risk. Uh, how can you do that, halakhically speaking? How could a, a Jewish observant person become a police officer? Saying that is what the job entails, and that is the norm in our society. We need to have a police force who are going to go into into, into bad neighborhoods and get involved in disputes and risk their lives. So that's, that's number two. Number three he says this is another thing which we discussed in the past, which is Judaism, where we like money, and uh, you're, there's a higher risk threshold you're allowed to take to make money than normally. Meaning, so normally I wouldn't be allowed to do certain things because it's like, kind of, if I'm just going skydiving for for uh, you know for fun, that could be a problem. Let's assume it's dangerous, which probably isn't. Mm-hmm. But but if I'm doing it, this is my business. Um, this is my parnasa. Let's say I'm a hunter, which is the the tshuva that he, that he brings as a source. We've mentioned in the past. The no e discusses. Should is a nice Jewish boy allowed to go hunting. Okay. Um, so the No, e that discusses that at length. The nod is was in the 17th century. And he prohibits it not because of Tsar Balchayim, of cruelty to animals, which he says is not an issue in that case, when you're killing the animals. Um he's discussed it in the context. He says, Listen, the only reason it's permitted he say, he prohibits it. Why? Because it's dangerous, because you could have people like Dick Cheney going in your party and, and shooting you. That's why it's prohibited. But he says if that's your you that's your trapper, you're a furrier and you need to get animals so then there's a higher threshold of the risks you're allowed to take. As we see, he says, there's a Mishnah that discusses um, people would climb trees to cut down fruit or whatever it is even though there's a a risk involved when you're climbing trees without a harness. Okay, so he says, so that's what he says in the next part. He says, um, uh, he says a doctor is doing it for Parnas to make money. Of course, today is not applicable because, as we know, the actors don't make money today. So that would be another reason why they're allowed to enter um, into. Probable dangerous situations. We allow workers to enter dangerous, do dangerous things. Climb ladders to wash the windows on a skyscraper. As it's based on a verse that says, Why does this guy go up a ramp and go up a ladder to, to uh, in order to do his job? So we see that a person can, even in dangerous life, to make a living. Listen, you're, you drive a ship, you write uh, sailors, all these cases, okay? Um, and he brings, he quotes to the no de like I said, talks about hunting, he allows the hunters doing Hello. it for business, not for fun. I mean, I actually had this question with someone here, uh, C- no. C- uh, he, COO, of, he was a COO Hello. at the time, he was CEO of a company, and he called me and he said, you know, this is Texas, this guy's from the Northeast, yeah. said everyone in the company goes on a hunting trip once a year and they want me to come, I'm allowed to go. Um, so okay. so over there, again, it's for us, he needs to network, I asked him, how much do you feel like if you don't go, you're not going to be yeah. one of the boys and not gonna, it's going to affect your job? He said, a lot. Um, because they go once here and whenever they're hunting they go, they have guides. And, uh, he said, so I told him in that case it's allowed, this is the ma- literally the case of no Noda He'll be allowed to go, um, on a hunting trip with his, uh, the corporate buddies. Okay? Um, so that's, so that's an so now he goes on to continue, to, to finish off here, so first of all he, he says,
3: they have, Jews. Mm.
0: They have Jews. They hunt Jews. So he says. Um, um, he goes on the next part. He gives you special prayers you should say as a physician when, before when, treating these patients, and then um, he says like this. He says he ends off saying. I thought he brings the story of Esther. Here. I don't see it. Um, he says am or near So at the end he sums it up like this. He says. Um, um, from all I said, it seems to me that it's permitted for a physician to endanger himself with to, to treat patients who have infectious diseases. From all types, it should not come upon us. Um, by the way, that's the, the sound. That's what you always say whenever you mention um, disease, you say, it should never come upon us. That's the way, if you want to sound like, uh, you know, from me. that's what <laughs> you say, lo aleinu. <laughs> lo aleinu. Not upon us. Lo <laughs> aleinu. COVID-19, lo aleinu. Okay? The old, he says, It's actually considered a great mitzvah to treat these patients. And also to include all those poskim, and I mentioned before, who argue on their advice, and that whole camp, and the savi comes sakana but there is an obligation to enter in a case of again, I'm pointing Suf- out suffix sakana. Vade sakana that means if to to jump like Ron said before, jump on the grenade, um, to save the save the president, whoever it is, that would jump in front of the bullet. That's not suffix sakana, that's vade sakana. That would seemingly everyone would hold that's prohibited. Talking about, again, suffix akana, there's a doubt, there is a possible danger of you contracting the disease. If you're for sure going to contract the disease, that would be prohibited. Okay, from what I understand, what are you saying? That day he says yeshev lekanes. So again, even if you don't know like the Rabbis, there's actually an obligatory to enter into that valley. You come by mikra kassuv, atem advekim by Hashem al keichem kaim kochamiam. You are, uh, you know, some planet here. Mahlam um, mit padek mit. It's whatever
2: attaches to right, you, attaches. you. So he says to on God. the
0: contrary, if you do this mitzvah, you're going to cling, you're going to attach to God, not he to the disease, God. cleave to God, not to the disease. Mm-hmm. So um so uh very clever face of
2: disease. Yeah. Very
0: interesting response in Works, here. Again, yeah. I don't know if everyone would agree with him, but but what he's saying in a certain sense is that there is a certain level that meaning that physicians or healthcare workers in general, not just physicians, have a higher risk level that they're allowed to take than the average person. The average person has to take much more precaution and cannot, you know, uh, you know do something, just let's say they're doing or something like that. That wouldn't be sufficient. They want to visit the sick person um, if there's, again, real risk involved. But um, for a physician or other healthcare workers where there's, that, they're doing it, again, one they that is their job that's what they signed up for number two is um that uh that uh, we seem the Torah doesn't seem to differentiate between various diseases that's the norm in society for for uh for them to do that and therefore there's halachically that's not considered risk quote unquote because it's the norm and number number four is for parnasa purposes that's also so it means if you're if you're retired and you're just seeing someone um, when you're not charging, that could be then, you don't have that HETA. Okay, that HETA only works for Parnassian purposes, when you're going to make an insurance claim. If you're not making insurance claim, then you have no right to see the patient. So, so uh, more or less, that's what he concludes. No
2: obligation to see the patient.
0: No, or you're not even taking that risk. Again, we only allow that higher threshold of risk for Parnassian purposes, according so to the So if someone's
2: coughing as a fever, we should not charge, and then we don't need to see them?
0: That could be a way out, yes. you don't
2: see them, We can't charge
1: anyways.
0: Mm. No, what I'm saying is, but he's saying is, it's because this is your 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 pranasha, That's one of the reasons we allow pranasha, We allow for Parnassa a higher level of risk than non parnassa Like i saying, like hunting or something like that. That's the original true So.